0: Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping.
1: It's too hot for a campfire. <laughs>
0: Boy. That's the truth. Coming to you from Sioux City, South Dakota, I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans who travel part-time.
1: In a small trailer, looking, looking... to share big adventures and help you <laughs> with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Boy,
0: oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I think the mercury is going to be at about 100 degrees today. It's pretty Again, hot. Yep. And it's a, it's got some humidity to it. We have made it all the way to South Dakota.
1: We have indeed.
0: Mooch docking, and boondocking, and camping. This is our yeah. first.
1: We've actually done a little bit of camping, and that's where we are now. We're at a KOA because we. Well, just because we are.
0: <laughs> well, we wanted one <laughs> night of full hookups, but for the most part, we have been off the grid.
1: Yeah, pretty much since we left Shipshawana.
0: Indeed. So we're ship-shape from leaving Shipshawana. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to, well, first of all, never ever, don't ever take parenting advice from me. Because (laughs) I'm not the guy you want to be giving parenting advice. However, here is some parenting advice. (laughs) When I was a wee lad, my parents would always take us out of school early. And we would have these epic trips. And a lot of times what uh, they would do is look at what we were studying in school, like the Gold Rush or the Wild West or whatever it happened to be, and kind of plan trips around that. And in my opinion, and again, not the guy you want to take parenting advice from, but (laughs) gosh, that was educational. I mean, it just, I remember those trips so well. I remember seeing and feeling and experiencing firsthand the Sutter's Mill and and the Redwoods and just all of the wonderful actual lessons much better than I did opening a book and reading stuff and I'm I I will be the first to admit I'm not much of a book person
1: that is true
0: yeah I've written one but as for reading eh, I'm more of a visual learner so anyway just you know there's so much talk of Campgrounds being crowded, and you can't get in on the weekends, and all of that, and maybe that's something just to think about if you've got wee ones. Maybe take them out of school and show them real history, real life.
1: I think it's officially referred to as road schooling. I know some families who do it full time, and they are not that they're only going to a park to learn something. They're also doing some schoolwork in their RV. But also, as Tony said, when you're learning about something, would you rather read it in a book or would you rather go stand on that location and touch that thing and, you know, really see? One of the things I loved about Greenwood Village at the Henry Ford was the docents who were dressed and they were like, it was like kind of stepping back into that time period and actually learning about the life that they led.
0: That first-hand knowledge, seeing, smelling, feeling, experiencing, or being immersed in, how's that,
1: there you history,
0: go. really brings it to life. And so just to thinker about her, if, if you've got we once, or heck, I mean, even if not, it made a difference. I mean, Greenwood Village, I'll probably never forget being in Wright's Bicycle Shop or Edison's Lab or those kind of places it was i really, really like cool.
1: that colonial house where the guy was teaching you or telling you about how they brewed their beer and i was in the garden listening to the herb lore and <laughs> and how they yeah, and,
0: and how those people in those times you know they didn't have grocery stores you had yes, to grow it right so if you had a failed crop uh you might be in trouble right anyway parenting advice from people who have never who have been never parents. been parents <laughs> way to go
1: <laughs> so we love learning things on the road and we also love being a part of the largest club of our with events rallies tours resources and more and you can be too
0: that's the fmca and it's not just for motorhomes anymore Now, any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their really terrific benefits.
1: Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or your location.
0: There are also great resources like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, learning, and much, much more.
1: And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency
0: on the road. And we also signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been a part of the FMCA for years.
1: Plus, of course, we've got a deal for you. New members can save $10 on a new FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com.
0: We are just really happy with the FMCA and I think we mentioned that we even ran into some people in Shipshawana that we knew from FMCA conventions and it's just it's just a good Organization, you meet the neatest people. For sure. One thing I would like to add: in the past, we have advocated the FMCA's Tech Connect program, which was an unlimited cell internet program through T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. Well, T-Mobile no longer wants to play with us, Whoa. so the FMCA has changed the program and partnered with AT&T instead. We don't have any more details than this. We will keep our ear to the ground, but. You know, as we said in the past, we've been really happy with a mobile program.
1: Yeah, we have. And unfortunately for us, since we already have an AT&T cell phone plan, AT&T Wi-Fi through TechConnect is not going to give us much benefit so
0: yeah nothing uh, well nothing additional it is you know unlimited with the stipulations of things like if you're in a congested area and you've used a specific amount of data they can throttle you things like that so those stipulations are still there it is unlimited so you can use all you want but again if you're in a crowded area or you've used a specific amount you may be throttled
1: Right. So I was reading on Facebook, believe it or not, I was on Facebook. I read a post and I couldn't find it when I went back to look to see if there was any follow up. But I read about a lady at a campground that somehow got her hand caught between the hitch and the ball. And the person who posted it said they didn't know details, but that it was very bad. Oh, that would, so, that would be. Yeah, I myself have been guilty of reaching in to see if it feels like the ball is securely in the hitch that is not the best way to check because no. if something was slightly off and all of a sudden it falls into place and your hand is in there
0: that's yeah. not
1: good at all
0: not not a good day at the campground definitely not stressless camping so what we want to talk about this week are specifically travel trailer but hitching and unhitching Procedures that we think are the way to do things.
1: Safely and
0: And also to have the fewest number of ouchy moments. Because right. ouch is <laughs> never good at the campground. Right. We have often
1: said Checklists make for stressless camping. That's
0: the fact, Jack. And one of the options we've seen people do is a checklist on a laminated sheet of paper. So you know you can have this piece of paper and check things off as you go each time and then erase it and start over yeah
1: you can use a dry erase or a grease pencil or something so that it can be removed and then you've got a fresh list for the next time
0: we've also seen and we ourselves do use our phones yes we are always staring at our smartphones so (laughs) might as well use it for that too
1: Right. We talked one time before about our friend Wendy Wu, who uses snap bracelets, and she put labels on her snap bracelets. As she sets up, she snaps those bracelets onto her steering wheel, and then as she's getting ready to leave, she takes them off the wheel and snaps them back on her arm. And when she has everything on her arm and off the wheel, she knows she's ready to go. I have actually seen snap bracelets with labels at camping stores now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a really, really good idea also. But whatever works for the way your mind works, do have some sort of a written checklisty thing. Right. And then some basic safety. The biggest thing as you're hitching or unhitching You know, we all make friends when we're camping. Right. Please don't let people interrupt your either arrival or departure process. That has bitten us in the Bedoni. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. yeah, Very recently. Yeah, very recently. Someone was, I mean, it was great. They were very friendly. And you just have to learn to say, you know, please let me finish this. And then I'm so excited to talk to you or... Whatever it happens to be.
1: Right. And, and by the same token, if you are already at camp and you see someone arriving and you just want to be friendly or you're already friends or something, give them time to get themselves set up. Don't go and interrupt. And honestly, for the most part, unless they're really new and could use your help, don't even go offer to help because they have their checklist, they have their method, and they know what they're doing. And if they need help, they'll ask.
0: Basically use a system that you know and the people you know. And we've been to campgrounds, there's one in particular where they really try to be helpful and they've never actually back to trailer they're really not helpful right and so Peggy and I just work really well to back and park the trailer and if you have a great partner or a great system don't let other people interrupt or change that that's when things don't go well
1: right exactly also as the passenger slash Navigator slash, <laughs> <laughs> what are they called in the airport? Like those guys that oh, flag you yeah, in. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, as a safety precaution, do not stand between the truck and the trailer when someone is backing the truck up to the trailer. Now, this is pretty much more obvious, probably in a fifth wheel, because <laughs> they're going directly under the trailer. You yeah. can't stand between them. But especially in a travel trailer, it's not as obvious that it's dangerous and you just want to make sure that you're not standing between the truck and the travel trailer because if the truck you know goes out of control and suddenly slams backward you do not want to get pinched in between
0: oh yeah that could also anything be bad. yeah develop a system we have in the past used walkie-talkies yes hand signals are great right but work with your co-pilot on A system that works. And one of the reasons we like walkie-talkies is they are not dependent on cell coverage. That's right. we go places that are off the beaten path, right? Part of being off the beaten path can mean no cell coverage.
1: Right. So some people say, oh, we just call each other on the phone, but that doesn't, you know, that might not work. Admittedly, right now we're between walkie-talkie systems yeah
0: we our old ones we actually wore them out
1: so we are on the yell system but luckily what i have taught tony is if i make any noise whatsoever it doesn't matter what the word is or what i'm saying if i call out just stop and wait to see what i wanted yeah not not our best it's not the best way
0: we will get walkie-talkies again or or i'll teach peggy hand signals
1: or i'll teach tony hand signals (laughs) <laughs> anyway we have been doing this together long enough that i can say the same words i would say in a walkie-talkie and as long as he can hear that i'm making noise he has an idea of what i'm saying so yeah but definitely we don't need to be yelling all the time
0: <laughs> walk the site before you back in looking up and down for trees obstructions poles rocks pedestals or anything else that can interfere with your backing process
1: right we've talked to before about things that are low to the ground and they're you know they're used to designate where your site ends especially in parks where there might be a big area behind your your parking site they put blockades so that you can't just park your trailer all the way back in that area where (laughs) you don't belong well those are obstructions and if you don't notice them you might harm something, you might damage something. Yeah,
0: I remember distinctly campgrounds that had really low posts stuck in the ground, big rocks, and you just cannot see them from in the truck. And so they're a potential source of damage, and I've seen people hit them. Right. So, I don't know, a lot of campgrounds, these people, just like uh, RV designers, never go camping. and (laughs) So... I think those where they have the little flags and stuff, that's pretty cool. And you could also go get marker flags from the hardware store. You know, if you're marking off a property for something, you could always go buy those sure. little flags. Yeah, too. absolutely. So,
1: hey, I read something this morning and I don't think it's in our notes, but I think this is the place to put it. When you do get settled into your space and you're going to unhook your tow vehicle from your trailer, someone suggested that you take a rock or something and put it right behind one of the back tire. And then when you are getting ready to hook up again, you can back up right to that
0: rock. That's a good one. Remember, we've also used at night, we try not to arrive at a campsite in the dark. Sure. But we have. And we have a really bright Ryobi light that we put at the back of the campsite mm-hmm. facing forward that really illuminates the whole space. But it's also a target.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So that's another little tip there. If you do happen to arrive at night, have a target or something yeah. back there. Who knows? Maybe your co
1: pilot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, no. No. Oh, man.
1: Here, and he put on this glow in the dark chair. <laughs> stand at the back of the site <laughs> and while I floor the truck. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, also, don't take RVing advice from <laughs> us.
0: <laughs> the, the RV podcast that guarantees at least one deceased camper. <laughs> yeesh yikes alright okay. so anyway we're back on track I hope one last thing I know there are travelers who don't believe they need a weight distribution and sway control hitch and we're talking about what they call bumper puller travel trailers right here's my thinking I like to put every advantage possible on my side sure and so yeah I could I have pulled trailers without weight distribution and sway control hitches but why not put every advantage you can in your corner? Right. So that's just my thinking. You know, the you will never regret having good safety gear.
1: Our very first year of having our very first travel trailer, we did not have that sway control and that weight distribution. And it was fine. But when we put that sway control and weight distribution was so much better it was finer (laughs) it was finer (laughs) even when we picked up this new 2205s rockwood mini light we had to take it to the first campsite and to another meeting without the weight distribution and it was fine and then we went and got the hitch put on and it was finer
0: things work well when they're working well but when things start going sideways is when Having more advantages in your court right. is when you win the right. game, yes. right? It's you may not need the sway control 99 percent of the times, but boy, that one percent of the time when you do, yeah. you're pretty doggone happy to have it.
1: And we didn't have to go on the highway when we didn't have it, so that was probably helpful.
0: Yep. Okay, we are at the point of unhitching. All right. The so we've got to our truck. site.
1: We backed into our (laughs) glow-in-the-dark (laughs) co-pilot. We know we're in the right (laughs) site.
0: Yeah, we've done that before, too.
1: And now, before we're really, really ready, we have to make sure that we're level.
0: Correct. And with a travel trailer, you really only have to worry initially about side-to-side level, right? Right. You don't have to worry about front-to-back yet. So, we have some new Camco leveling wedges that fit between the two wheels. So if you have a side that's low, you can back up onto these wedges and raise one side of the trailer up to four inches. And these newer Camco levelers, we'll put a link in the show notes, have rubber feet. They've worked really well.
1: Yeah, they're really nice. We had, when we had a single axle trailer, of course, we had an Anderson wedge. It's much longer I don't know that it went any higher than four inches. It just did it maybe more subtly. But, of course, when you have two axles, you're going to have to lift both of those wheels on whichever side. And so you need two ramps, basically. And the Anderson wedge, again, was terrific. But it's actually so long that people had warned us that it wouldn't fit between the two tires. We knew that we were up for some new ones, and so we...
0: Yeah, we bought these. Like I say, I like these ones because they have rubber on the bottom, so they really grip the ground well. So now that you're level side to side, you're still hooked to your truck. Mm-hmm. Chalk your wheels.
1: Always. That's always the first thing. Well, leveling is the first thing, of course, but chalking your wheels is
0: first. And don't be cheap about chalks. Don't be a cheap chalk.
1: Yeah, those (laughs) hard plastic like yellow chalks. I have seen those in so many campsites crushed and left behind. Yeah. I I don't know if people like ran over them, didn't realize it and left. But the fact is, if you can run over those, uh, were they really chalking your wheels?
0: Right. The night before last, well, for the past few days, actually, we were at Peggy's niece's house. Right. And she had a pretty steep driveway yeah and we have these like industrial rubber wheel chocks that we really really like and right. they again i was not concerned that we we're going to roll down the driveway because we bought good wheel chocks i
1: wasn't really concerned i, I worried constantly but i wasn't actually <laughs> concerned no, i was just always a very like i kind of tiptoed through the trailer <laughs> Every time I moved, I was like, man, if we roll, we're going to run into the house across the street.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, tiptoe through the trailer (laughs) so you don't roll down the driveway. Anyway, so we have very
1: good, heavy, rubbery chalks that we will put a link for. I really recommend that and not those...
0: Cheap Hard plastic, plastic ones. ones, yeah. So now you've got the wheels chalked, your level side to side. Now, what you're going to do is use the power tongue jack on your travel trailer to raise both the front of the trailer and the back of the truck. So the truck is still hooked to the trailer, mm-hmm. and you use that tongue jack to lift them both. And what you're accomplishing is releasing the tension on the weight distribution bars on your hitch.
1: Because if you leave it low, if you leave everything in drive mode, I guess you'd say, those weight distribution bars work with tension. And so there is a heck of a lot of tension on them. And frankly I don't even know if it's possible to get them loose from the truck.
0: I'm sure it's possible, but, but it, it would it's be much easier to do yeah, it this way.
1: Yeah. So our process is to lift the trailer until we can easily remove those weight distribution bars without causing a lot of strain, without something like suddenly snapping loose. Because if something suddenly snaps loose and flies toward you, you're going to, you know, break a kneecap or an eyeball or something.
0: Okay, so now that you've removed your weight distribution bars, you can put the back of the truck back down, unlatch your trailer and raise it back up and take the trailer Hitch off the ball of the truck, but still with the chains and brake cable attached to the truck for now.
1: Right, because if by some chance those awesome wheel chocks you're using do happen to fail, you're not going to have a trailer on the loose.
0: We know someone who did have a trailer on the loose. Yes, yes. Not a good thing. Not
1: a good thing. And also, if you have that brake cable right there, you could pull on it if something starts to go loose and that would put the trailer brakes on
0: yeah i've actually seen where people have bent the foot of the tongue jack because they didn't have the wheels chalked properly or even at all Mm. so another thing so again wheels are chalked trailers level side to side now you can take the hitch off the truck But again, the chains are still in place, as is the brake cable. Okay, so now that the trailer is not going anywhere, now (laughs) you can remove the chains and the brake cable and your electrical connector, either 7-pin or 4-pin, probably a 7-pin if it's a travel trailer, Right. and move the truck out of the way.
1: And then once you have the truck out of the way, now is the time that you decide if you're level front to back. And you can do that with the tongue jack, just... Put your level, What we just use our phone, have it has a level app. I lay it on the tongue, and I lift or lower the tongue with the tongue jack as necessary to get level front to back.
0: And now we can lower the stabilizers. And we have those Campco Fasten leveling. They're kind of Legos, for lack of a better description. They're square plastic pad things. Campco ones are neat because... They have like a little screw together handle in them too. We put those under the stabilizer jacks and then we tighten the stabilizer jacks so they're snug. But you don't use those to lift the trailer. They're just to stabilize it.
1: Right. So only go to snug. Don't keep going and lifting the corner of the trailer because you want that side to be a little bit higher to be level. That needs to be done with those tires and with the tongue jack not with the stabilizers we are again we're talking about travel trailers for the most part because sometimes those things that drop down from the front and back of the rig are actually levelers
0: yeah if you have an automatic level system for example and some of the larger travel trailers do and most fifth wheels do and Probably most motorized coaches do too. Right, right. But travel trailers, not always. And so this that's basically where we're focused on.
1: right? And so know what you have, know what your system is, and know if those things going down are just for stabilizing, then just use them until they're snug and don't keep going.
0: Correct. And now that you've stabilized and leveled and all of that, now you can check around your trailer and extend the slides. And once you have done that, check the snugness of your jacks one more time.
1: Yeah, when Tony said extend the slides, hopefully way back in step one, you made sure that you weren't parked too close to a tree so (laughs) you don't have to start all over. (laughs) Right.
0: Anyway, so that's our tips for unhooking. That's right. Now we're going to be hooking back up and heading to the next Boondockers, welcome harvest host or, or wherever, campground we're, or wherever going. we're going
1: now i'm gonna say it again because now that you've been someplace for a few days maybe you've made some friends don't talk to your friends while you're working and friends don't go talk to your friends while they're working
0: yeah <laughs> friends don't let friends interrupt hookup <laughs>
1: that's right so again Get your checklist out. Make sure that all these items are on your checklist and make sure you've either already said your goodbyes or you've already told your friends that you're going to come say goodbye when you're done with this.
0: Now that you're all ready to go, you're going to sweep out your trailer and bring your slide rooms in.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, we're really talking about hitching and unhitching, but you know, make sure that there's nothing on the floor before you bring your slide in. Because if there's a little pebble or a little anything that's going to catch and put a big old gouge in your floor, you're not going to be a happy camper.
0: No, not at all. And I've filed that warranty claim where people had a rock or something and it ripped the, the vinyl flooring. And guess what? It's that's not, not, not really under warranty. warranty. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I actually carry a Ryobi stick vacuum. <laughs> we do. And so I vacuum this trailer is probably cleaner than my house ever was because I have to vacuum every time we're getting ready to leave.
0: (laughs) Indeed. So now that the slides are in, you can raise your stabilizers or level jacks.
1: Right. And because you're not going to need stabilizing anymore because you're not You know, those are just for so that it's not really wiggly while you're in and out and living your weekend or whatever. So those are ready to go up.
0: And now use your tongue jack to raise the hitch ball so the truck can get under it.
1: So if you've had to lower that front end significantly in order to be level you're going to have to raise it significantly so that it's higher than the truck ball
0: and if you are by yourself one of the things we really like again Camco to the rescue <laughs> they have these little magnetic balls that you can put one on the trailer and one on the truck and use those to help you guide the truck to the hitch ball and of course if you have a co-pilot then use your system to back the truck to the trailer
1: so you need of course to just get the ball of the truck directly under that hitch receiver on the trailer and then you're gonna lower the tongue down onto the truck
0: once you're in place now that you've latched the truck and trailer together use the power tongue jack to raise the truck and trailer together To a point where you can easily install the weight distribution bars. So
1: this actually accomplishes two things. One, if you can lift the back of the truck, then you know that the hitch ball is properly latched to the truck. This is the method to use, not stick your fingers in there and see if it feels connected, right? That's how we started this whole thing. Indeed. So that is the way to know for sure that you're hooked on is if your tongue jack is lifting your truck, then they are obviously very well attached. Yep. The other thing is that it makes it easier to install the weight distribution hitch bars when it's lifted up higher because of that lack of pressure that we talked about when we were unhitching.
0: Now you're going to put on your safety chains, and these should be put in a X sort of fashion. So they actually form a cradle under the hitch. So in the unlikely event that the hitch breaks or the trailer comes off, it can drop onto those safety chains and it won't drag on the ground or things like that. Mm -hmm. So safety chains, your brake cable, and that brake cable should be attached to a permanent part of the truck. So I've seen where people have attached them to the hitch. That's a big no-no because if on the unlikely event that the hitch pin fails or the hitch fails and the trailer gets disconnected from the truck. If the brake cable is attached to the hitch, it's just going to go with it. Whereas if the brake cable is attached to a permanent part of your truck, then it's going to pull that brake cable and apply the brakes on your trailer, which is the whole idea.
1: Exactly.
0: And then of course your power cable. So you're all, you're all hooked in.
1: So then raise up your tongue high enough that you can easily get those weight distribution bars attached. And then once everything is all attached, then you're going to want to lower everything so that it's resting on the truck. And you want to lower all the way until that foot that's been leveling your the front end of your trailer is all the way up and out of the way. Some... Of those need to be, the foot needs to be removed, and some of them are fine with the foot staying on. We used to remove our foot, but now it's set in such a way that when we bring the foot all the way up, the foot is out of the way, and we don't need to take that off of the actual trailer.
0: Yeah, it would be a feat to remove the foot. Oh, gee. We'd have to call a tow (laughs) truck. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And once that is there, and you know that you are absolutely resting on the truck and not resting on the trailer, now... You can go retrieve those chocks. Yep. And then if you have had to use wedges to level one side or the other, you're going to come off the wedges. So if you backed up onto those wedges, of course, you're going to need to move forward a little bit, roll off the wedges, and then take them out of the way. Vice versa if you rolled forward onto them. Now, one thing to remember as the driver, don't go too far. Because then you'll just wedge your not wedge yourself, the wedge that's in the way is going to be a chalk to the other
0: tire. (laughs) Yeah, it's true.
1: (laughs) So you just want to go off far enough until your co-pilot says that you have rolled off of the wedges. Or if you're on your own, you just might have to get out and look a couple times. But don't go too far or else you're going to either smash or get (laughs) stuck on the wedge on the other tire.
0: Right. And I don't remove the wheel chocks unless the truck is in park and the parking brake is applied firmly because you don't want suddenly to move the wheel chalk and the trailer moves an inch or whatever even a fraction and there's your hand right there that's Mm kind of no bueno right so Again, more safety. And I've seen people put, like, ropes on those wheel chocks or something. That's not a bad idea. So
1: I've actually also seen chocks that come in pairs, and they have a rope attaching the two so that that it loops outside the tires, and then you can just pull that rope, and it brings both chocks out at one time without having to put your hand under the tire.
0: Before you head out, I walk completely around the truck and trailer, make sure all the lights on the trailer are working, that everything looks good, that there are no obstructions that can cause damage. Mm-hmm. Also make sure that I've stowed the power cord and the water hoses. Right. And all those things I got out while I was camping right. are back wherever they belong.
1: Yes, because we have not left things behind, thank goodness, but I have Tony pull all the way out of the site so that I can see the site empty. And if it's not completely <laughs> empty, then I'm. it's more noticeable.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've arrived at a site a full hookup site mm-hmm. and found water pressure regulators. Water
1: pressure regulators, they're especially. are very common. Yeah. So yep. And they're
0: not cheap. Right. Anyway, so hopefully this helps some of you. Do you have a tip that we missed? Do you have something to add or whatever? We are always here to listen to you and share great information wherever we find it. And right. a lot of times that's directly from you. So we sure appreciate The wisdom of the audience
1: yes now if you're a visual learner we also have some of our very few YouTube (laughs) videos are on hitching and unhitching so if if you'd rather see this than hear it then you can head on over to our YouTube channel stresslesscamping.com and you can find videos on hitching and unhitching we have been loving boondockers welcome It is a great way to save on camping expenses and avoid overcrowded
0: campgrounds. Boondockers Welcome has hosts all over the place where we can stay for free. Some that are completely off the grid and some with partial or even full hookups. Right. There are all kinds of great places to stay overnight.
1: And we even have a coupon code to join on our discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com so you can save five dollars when you sign up.
0: There are all kinds of great places to find on the Boondockers Welcome website and app, and we have really been taking advantage of it on this trip.
1: Yeah, we stayed with one host who had some great classic cars and even took us for a ride. And another was right near some great destinations, and they were a lot of help to us.
0: Adding these experiences to your adventure through Boondockers Welcome, that's That's stressless stressless camping.
1: camping. Well, Tony... (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a gadget report for us this week?
0: Yes. Oh, man. What was that guy's name? Dog on it. Now I'm <laughs> going and I even know his name. Anyway, who cares? One of the things that I've advocated is to always check your tire pressure before you go. Right. And we've all seen all over social media the number of tire failures there are, particularly With travel trailers and fifth wheels.
1: Well, luckily, our new 2205S came with a TST tire pressure monitoring system.
0: Yeah, but you can also install these yourself very easily. So these tire pressure monitoring systems will give you a heads up as to the tire pressure. If you did not get one with your travel trailer, our previous trailer didn't have one, There are tire pressure monitoring systems that just screw onto the valve stems or Schrader valves of the tires of your trailer and even of your vehicle, and then you can just monitor tire conditions while you're rolling down the road. Right. This one that we have came with the trailer, as Peggy said. It's mounted inside the tires, which is where if you have a newer vehicle, that vehicle has tire pressure monitoring built in as well. And again, those are mounted inside the tires. Either way, with this TST tire pressure monitoring system, we can not only monitor the inflation pressure of the tire and check the tires before we leave without actually checking the tires before we <laughs> leave, but it also monitors tire temperature and you can set up alerts. So if you get a low pressure, high pressure, a few tires way outside, of a range that you set you'll get a pretty loud beep this system comes with the tire pressure devices that go on the tires or in our case in the tires and there's also a little lcd display that you bring into the truck so you can sit there as you're driving down the road and see the tire pressure and how hot the tires are and all of that.
1: And that monitor actually can be used for multiple trailers, right? So if we had the same system in a different trailer, we could just tell it we're in trailer one, we're in trailer two, and it will know which trailer to monitor.
0: Right. Uh, for example, I would probably put these on our vintage trailer, for right. example. Right. So we could use the same monitor and then have the tire pressure monitoring system on the valve stems of that trailer because or I mean if you want you can have them installed in the wheels which is of course the best case scenario but it's easy to just put them on the valves I mean they literally screw on like valve stem covers and you can fill air through these tire pressure monitors oh. so it's, it's kind of a cool deal.
1: So why is it important to have the correct tire pressure?
0: Well Especially now, I mean, you could change the value of your tow vehicle by just filling the fuel tank up. (laughs) By having the correct tire pressure, it can make a giant difference in your fuel economy. It also can improve the life of the tires because tires are very, very expensive. And the last thing you want is a blowout on the road. So it just is an easy way to keep an eye on your tires, which is just a big safety thing and as i've said any advantage i can put in my team regarding safety i'm very happy to to spend that money and do it for sure so anyway we really like this TST tire pressure monitoring system it seems to work pretty well it's funny when you first turn it on it does take a few moments to find the tires yeah. or the tire pressures but once it does it seems to maintain a connection and works well yes so, a good thing to have on your side. For sure. Well, Peggy, you ask a question every week in our Fun and Friendly Facebook group, and this week... I do.
1: And it's a little bit related to what we were talking about in terms of being stable and using those stabilizers. But I know a lot of people also use... X chocks, which are like an extra chocking system that you install between the two tires when you're stationary. And it's in the shape of an X and it kind of presses against the inside of the two tires. And we are, of course, in our first few weeks of having a two axle trailer. And so we didn't, we couldn't use x chocks on our single axle trailer. So we're still learning about them. And so what I asked was whether you use x chocks and if you like them and if you had any tips. So it was kind of 50-50. Some people say they use them, they wouldn't be without them and they love them. And some people say they don't think that it's worth the effort and the money. Brian uses his intermittently. So I guess his, he has both answers. (laughs) (laughs) Rob said they're definitely worth the expense and Eric loves them but James just says he uses his regular chocks. Julie wants to get some X-chocks. Jeannie just started using them, and Michael really likes them. And then one answer that was kind of related but not on X-chocks was Mark, who has JT Strong Arms.
0: And that's kind of how our stabilizer jacks have been outfitted. We have prototype stabilizer jacks from our friends at Moride. And they have something like those JT Strong Arms. It's basically cross bracing built into the stabilizer jacks. And we really like it.
1: Yes. Carolyn said that she wishes she had some because she had her three grandkids for four nights. And every time somebody moved, she (laughs) could feel it. The
0: trailer was probably rocking and rolling.
1: Yeah. Again, kind of mixed bag of answers, but that is what we learned about x chocks. So this week, I wanted to ask another question because, you know, we're shopping all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I've been doing a little bit of research for an article, but do you have a favorite screen Tent.
0: Peggy's got the itch for one of those screen tents. And so...
1: Wait, wait, Peggy's got the itch, but Tony's the one that gets mosquito bites. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's why I've got the itch, because he gets the itch.
0: (laughs) Well, plus they're just cool. So if you have a favorite, let us know. And you can do so at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Yes. You can find a link to that on the Stressless Camping website at stresslesscamping.com, where you can also sign up for our once a week free newsletter and that has links to stories videos podcasts and all of that to help you get the most out of your rv experience
1: and remember that we just send out one newsletter a week and it is just to let you know what's going on and we don't spam you and we don't sell your list to anybody We just use that to keep in touch with you once a week.
0: And while you're on our website, don't forget our discounts and deals for the best deals on things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. Oh, and if you've got a great deal for our audience and we have a few coming up,
1: let us know. And don't forget that we're in all the social places and all you have to do to find those is to start at StresslessCamping.com. And at the top right, there are links to all those places you want to be.
0: And that's also where you can find the notes and links that are associated with this episode, which is episode 155.
1: Also, of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free Free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire.
0: Yeah, and don't forget a review will help others find this podcast. And the more listeners we have, the better the guests, the better the deals, all of that. That's what's in it for you. So... Thank you in advance. Thank you for joining us once again this week. I mean, gosh, we've been doing this for 155 (laughs) episodes. Never missed one yet. That's right. Thanks to you for listening. And we always do our best to serve you to the best of our ability. So have a great week. And most of all, happy happy camping.
1: camping.
0: We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us, too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!
1: Well, Tony. Do you have a gadget report for us this week? Yes!